uh, it's with heavy hearts, everybody, um, that I need to tell you this. Obviously, your continued support has been awesome so far. Um, but some real personal turmoil and issues have really, uh, they've kind of flooded us in the last week or so. And Jordan and I are no longer friends. Our relationship is uh, completely broken. Uh, we both said some unspeakable things. So this is the end of the podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I just want to make this last official announcement and episode uh, for you guys. So, uh, you know, until next time, uh, take it easy. Ah, April Fools, April Fools. What are we talking about? What are we talking about here? Big dog ball talk. Uh, Jordan is actually not here though. That is for real. Uh, this isn't a uh, that 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 part's not a prank. Uh, we're still rolling. Mondays, Fridays. Don't don't ever worry about that. We're never gonna stray. Uh, but yeah, Jordan is uh is feeling pretty under the weather. Uh, not COVID, but you know he he didn't really believe that. Uh, so you know, uh, send your best wishes to Mr. Flegel. Uh, but I'm gonna be uh riding solo. Who is that? J- Jason Derulo, probably. I don't know. That song sucks ass. Um, but. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Big Dog Ball Talk. It's uh, Matt Eichhorn here, uh, rocking solo today. So we're going to see how this goes. Uh, might be a little bit shorter. Uh, might be longer. Who knows? We're, we're going to see. Uh, I'm sure for all of you that are listening that are like, man, I wish we could just get a podcast with Matt's takes. Uh, you know, your wish is finally answered here. Uh, to kick off the podcast, though, uh, we're going to send it straight to the Bucks and Nets matchup from last night. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a crazy one. Uh, who would have thought in the clutch – down three, Giannis Antetokounmpo would be banging home the step back three, the jumper to win it. Uh, I think that a lot of people have been saying for years, you know, oh, once uh, Giannis is a jumper, it's over. Once Giannis is, uh, you know, pulling up from deep, it's over. Obviously, he's still not the greatest jump shooter in the world. Uh, you know, there's there's always room for growth there, especially for a guy like Giannis. Um, but I think that his development over the last couple of years has been insane. I mean, even just from his first MVP season, I think that he's, He's leaps and bounds away better than uh, what he was. And, you know, a shot like that really proves it. Like, there was no hesitation in that. Like, he's the man. He knows he can make that shot. He feels comfortable taking that shot. Uh, and, and there was there was no hesitation, no weight, no nothing. Uh, and it was all bottoms. Uh, so, I, I mean, if you're playing against the Bucks in the playoffs, uh, you got to be worried about playing that guy in a seven-game series. Uh, you know, we've already seen him drop 50 in, uh, you know, an elimination game uh, in the NBA Finals. Uh, for, well, I guess it was an elimination game for the Suns, the game-winning game for the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but it, it was a an incredible game by Giannis, dropping 44, and shout-out to him, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the captain himself, in all-time franchise points scored uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. So another accolade there for Giannis as he kind of, rises the ranks of you know the all-time greats uh you know he's he's really like a legend in the making someone that we haven't really seen this level of talent from uh in quite some time but uh you know to focus on the game really back and forth affair uh him and kevin durant really dueling uh and, that, and that's what we kind of expect from a matchup like this when you've got two perennial all-stars superstars mvps champions uh finals mvps uh i mean we, we knew there was going to be some fireworks here uh, it's in Brooklyn. You got Kyrie playing, Chris Middleton. Everybody's uh, pretty well healthy, uh, and it was again a great game overall. Um, but it, it just ended up coming down to that last whistle, and whether the refs wanted to swallow it or whether the refs wanted to let it go. Um, and you know, I, in my opinion, you know, Giannis for anyone who hasn't seen, Giannis has the ball in overtime uh, after Kevin Durant gets the uh, the one point lead for his squad hitting two free throws at the charity stripe. There, uh, Giannis takes it down. And as much as it seemed like it was, there was some a little bit of contact. I thought Claxton was actually in a 
pretty good defensive position there, and it looked like KD got all ball. Um, the ball ended up going out of bounds off of the play, just barely though, like right on the baseline. Uh, but the referees decided to call it a foul. Um, Giannis gets his two shots. He hits both of them, uh, as we were just talking about before, but that step back three to send it to overtime. I mean, uh, you know, he was really stepping up in the clutch. Um, I didn't, I didn't really agree with the foul call. Uh, the Nets sure as hell didn't. Uh, the Bucks were pretty stoked and pretty happy that they were able to steal that one on the road. Um, and, and we've talked about the refing before. I just, they gotta, they gotta let the boys play. Like they're grown men. Like, I mean, there's no reason that, you know, these, uh, these, these, these like, little pickups that I go to, I'm getting bodied up more than guys are able to touch Giannis. Like obviously, you know, we want, we want to keep the players safe and all, but I mean, uh, you know, there's got to come to a line. I mean, Cla- like Giannis is barreling down to the rim and Claxton is in good defensive stance, arms straight up. He's moving and he plants his feet and contests. I don't really know what they could have done to avoid the foul in that situation. Um, it kind of was, you know, the it, it was kind of a late whistle as well. Uh, I think a lot of people thought it was going out of bounds and then were, you know, uh, I'm sure Bucks at fans at home, but, I mean, the Barclays Center, they weren't exactly stoked to find out that that was call a foul. Um, and then on the other end, uh, I kind of am the inverse. I mean, Kevin Durant uh, came out and said this is the second game in a row that, uh, you know, guys have been right in his landing spot and uh, the, the, the final shot that he ended up uh, missing that would have won them the game from, from deep there, uh, which, you know, we've seen Kevin Durant hit that shot a million and one times. It, I didn't think he even was touched. I thought it was good defense. I believe it was Wesley Matthews was on him, who, uh, you know, he had, his, he had his hands full. They put him in the starting lineup there just to pretty much try and neutralize Kevin Durant and Kyrie, which, you know, uh, all things considered, I mean, uh, he did hold both of them uh, to some pretty uh, pretty non-fantastical shooting. Uh, I mean, they both still got their stats. I mean, uh, KD 26-11 and 11 and Kyrie 25. Uh, Bruce Brown, another hot game he's been shooting the ball at a, a pretty amazing rate as of late um you know another guy who you know i i he, he's gonna get paid one day I, I do believe that he's he's a guy you can put on any team i've said that before uh, a really underrated player bruce brown uh gonna be big for them down the stretch um but but to get back on point here uh yeah it's i didn't think that there was a foul on that one i think that kevin Durant had plenty and plenty of room uh there was no real there was no contact i mean you can get in a guy's landing space as long as they're not being touched uh I just don't think you know Kevin Durant was happy about the the call uh, against his team uh instead of complaining about that one he wanted to complain about the one that would give him the the winning shot or, or at least the chance to take two free throws three free throws whatever it would have ended up being uh I'm pretty, I believe it would be three and ended up going for the win against the Bucks. uh because again this is a team that took them out of the playoffs last year and uh again as uh, I've said many times if he wears a size 12 instead of a 13 you know they maybe they're the NBA champions right now um, that's that's a hundred percent, uh, you know, in play uh, as that series was going. So I, I can see the frustration boiling over here for Kevin Durant. Um, it's it's got to be a, it's been a whirlwind of a season for him. Uh, they're tied right now for the uh, eighth seed with Charlotte, but they hold tiebreaker, so uh, they'd at least get on the better side of the the playing bracket as of right now. But going into the season, both Fleetland, I thought that this Brooklyn team would likely be the best team in basketball uh and win the uh you know win out the uh the the best record in the league right away instead though we've seen injuries drama uh and, and just everything in between going on for the Brooklyn Nets and uh, part of me cuz he's one of my favorite players of all time so I don't really want to trash him or anything but I have 
about his basketball ability or basketball ability, basketball coaching ability, pardon me, for Steve Nash. Um, but now I'm kind of not really sure even about his star management slash leadership, if we want to call it that. Because obviously these things are going to happen. I mean, James Harden has had this happen with many different coaches, many different franchises. So I'm not going to put that on Steve Nash. But there just seems to be something he needs to galvanize his guys. Like, I mean, he's pretty much just there to be like, managing egos which is kind of what people thought would happen at the beginning but you know right now you can tell Kevin Durant's frustrated Kyrie Irving nobody really knows if he's detached from the game we don't know if he's pissed we don't know if he's unhappy we don't know what, what what's going on in his mind uh and then you have Andre Drummond on your team so I mean what what, what do we what do we got to do here for Steve Nash because I I do think that you know there's a lot better coaches out there that could make this situation a little bit more feasible for them get more people involved um and again I think that we're also looking under this uh under a microscope with you know Steve Nash coming into his second year, he never was an assistant coach in the NBA or anything like that. He pretty much just got the the the, the golden key to the you know get get up there and uh, start trying to go for a championship essentially. Um, but you know the the Nets forty and thirty seven is not even close to what the, the the performance should be. They have they have way too much talent to be that bad. Um, and, I mean, it's still above 500, so, I mean, don't get me wrong, it, it could be a lot worse. This just happens to be the best Eastern Conference that we've seen in a decade. I think that's fair to say. Because uh, the East was just so, so bad for years and years, and now we're seeing the East with this resurgence of, you know, we, we have essentially eight teams that could go to the NBA Finals with everything wide open like it is. Um, it's a, it's going to be, as Jordan likes to say, a bloodbath in the playoffs this year. Um, but as much as nobody wants to play the Nets, you don't. You can't. You can't put yourself in a situation like this to you know possibly get eliminated. Something that you know I've said before. Um, and you know I, I the, the the my bottom line, my point here, we got to see something coming here from Steve Nash to you know pull this together, get some wins here. You know try and neutralize some of the feelings that are coming out of Brooklyn right now because, uh, in all honesty, I just don't know how much confidence they have in themselves. I don't know how much confidence the fans have in them at this point. Um, but and we'll see, you know, whether they end up falling to that eight or seven seed uh, after the the plan wraps up. But uh, it, it could really go either way um, at, at this point. And as we've seen them struggle against teams like the Cavs and the uh, the, the Hornets before, but Kyrie being back full time should definitely switch things around and help them out a ton here. Um, and, and again, for the Bucks, I mean. What, what more can you even say? Uh, the, 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 they're looking like the defending champs. Uh, they still got a chance to possibly rise the ranks and get into that number one seed, uh, just a half game back from the Miami Heat right now. Uh, it and, and you know what? If I'm if any team is going to be able to, you know, go toe-to-toe, punch-for-punch, uh, and, and knock out the Brooklyn Nets in the first round, it's going to be the Bucks. Because you know what? Uh, as good as they are, uh, the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, those are going to uh, be really tough matchups on them. Uh, you know, the Celtics defense is, is great and all. Jason Tatum uh, definitely got to be up there, uh, you know, for MVP, as we've talked about before. Uh, and the Miami Heat, again, same thing. You know, they've got they've got a fantastic team over there. Um, but you know what? Sometimes in the playoffs, it just comes down to star power. We've seen it with LeBron James multiple, multiple times. I mean, some of those teams that he just dragged to the finals uh, in the past, uh, you know, if you if you have the best player uh, on the court, you you've always got a chance. And I mean, with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving on the same team, 
it's very rare you're going to have any team that's going to be able to you know put out a player better than them. Uh, and Giannis is up there with them. He he depending on your opinion, Giannis is Giannis is definitely better than Kyrie. I think that's a no brainer. Um, but I think you could make the argument at this point that Giannis is better than Kevin Durant. Uh, totally different players, totally different play styles. But um, I think at this point it's hard to argue that you know if, if I'm taking one right now. It's 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 close. It's very very close for me. Like Giannis coming into the season, I was still even though you know he's got all these accolades, he's coming off a Finals MVP run. Uh, I was still like, is he a top five player? I think I just need to get over myself and I need to declare it right now. You know, Giannis is a top five, no problem, no brainer. Uh, and, and you know, I I think now it's less for a top five for me. It's more so you know, is he top three, top two? I know JJ Redick had. I believe it was KD and Bead and Jokic as his top three, and even Embiid was like, "So where the fuck is Giannis?" Like, uh, you know, we, we need to start getting some uh, respect on the Greek freak's name, and uh, you know, we'll we'll keep a lookout on uh, how these teams uh, react and how they push for uh, the last little week, little stretch that we have here for the NBA season. But uh, yeah, another tough loss for the Brooklyn Nets, but uh, you know, good job for the Milwaukee Bucks as they're gonna keep on steamrolling through. Uh, another uh, uh, big game last night. Demar DeMarvelous, Debo, Demar DeRozan, uh, dropping 50. It was the end of March. Me and Jordan have talked about it so many times. Uh, finally, uh, you know, the March March's madness is over. Uh, obviously not the NCAA tournament at this point, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Last day, we finally get one more. I believe that rounded it up to nine, I believe, nine 50-point performances uh, in the month of March. Uh, I'm going to wait for some basketball nerd to go out there and scan the databases to see uh, what month had the most 50-point performances because I, I would be shocked if there was more 50-point games in a month than nine because that, that, that's insane. Um, but I'm going to get it out of the way quickly. Um, kind of a bullshit 50 uh, I, I whenever it goes to overtime, I, and I've said this before with a lot of different teams. I believe Sadiq Bay, uh, his fifty also came through overtime. Uh, you know, if anyone feel free to fact check me on that. Um, fifty points through overtime or any kind of crazy performance, I I never take it a hundred percent because you know what guys can do that in regular time. You're getting the extra minutes. Sometimes it kind of you know it it it, it doesn't hold as much value. It has hold as much weight to me. But, uh, you know, DeMar's, DeMar getting that is, is, is huge for him. It's huge for the Bulls to get that win because, you know, they've really, really kind of hit a, a hard skid here, uh, you know, falling from that top three seed uh, all the way down. You know, they're, they're the kind of jockeying with the Raptors here for the, the fifth and sixth seed, uh, which it seems like that that's going to where both those teams are going to end up at, at at this point in the season. Um, but the, the Chicago Bulls really need more of this MVP-looking DeRozan. Uh, obviously, I think he's probably fallen out of that race, uh, a lot of that due to team success, which, you know, is all fair and good. Because, you know, uh, if, you, if you've been listening to the program for a while, uh, I had DeMar DeRozan in my, my top three at one point. Um, but, again, my, my criteria, you know, if you're not in the top three in your conference, I don't consider you. I mean, I'm sure people are like, you're you're an idiot for that opinion. But, you know, that, that's been my opinion for years. That's uh, how much I value winning when it comes to, to basketball, especially when it comes to the MVP. Uh, if anyone wants to talk to me about the Russell Westbrook MVP, uh, I'm happy to debate you. I've got all the facts right here, right in the top of my dome uh, as to why that should never have happened. But uh, I, I digress. Uh, Debo getting that 50 in overtime. Plus, there was only about five seconds left on the clock. They're up three against the Clippers. They need to get the inbound in. And then, of course, he goes to DeRose and he gets the, the layup through contact to get the 50. And you can see Levine, the second he passed to him, he's got his arms hanging up in the air. He's waiting. He knows that they drew this play up so that Debo could get that 50, uh, which, you know, 
he's nice. I, I'm, I'm not saying that it's not. Uh, DeRozan, one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, but it's not a real 50. It's not really a real 50, um, in, in my opinion. I think that it's more so like, you know, it's it's, it's like a, hey, here you go. Like, it's it's here's a nice performance. You know, throw that one on the end of the, uh, your resume when, you know, you're, you're, you're up for the Hall of Fame, which is, you know, something that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast. But, um, you know, it's it's just something that you know, you add to your career accolades uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, but no, I don't I don't necessarily feel that that was a an incredible fifty point performance, uh, especially in comparison to some of the other ones that we've seen so far this season. Um, but on the flip side of things, you know, congrats to DeBrosen on, on on a great game. Paul George has made his return uh, since our Monday episode. He's actually this is the second game he's played, um, and he's looked good. Paul George has looked smooth. Um, I don't think they wanted to rush him back. And you know what? The Clippers really did help him out uh, a ton. Like, they played hard. They, we and Jordan have talked about it before. They're a really great group of veterans. They play the game right. Ty Lue, uh, you know, I, I I talked a lot of crap about him when he was in Cleveland. Uh, but you know what? He seems to be a pretty great coach. He's really been able to galvanize these guys. He's got some great X's and O's plans. Um, I, I've, I've been nothing but happy with uh, his tenure uh, in La La Land. Uh, and, and he's really made the Clippers, you know, he, uh, a competitive team. If I'm the Minnesota Timberwolves, though, you got to be fucking pissed off. You have to be so cheesed. Or even the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Spurs, whoever is going to be involved in that play-in tournament. If you got to get through the Clippers already, that was going to be a tough matchup. You got to bring your A game because the you know that that defense is going to hound you. But now, oh man, now you've got to really, really work for it uh, with Paul George coming at you on the other end because you know this is perfect timing. He's going to be able to get his reps in. He's going to be able to rest it up, uh, and he's going to be in full force. He's you know he's got no time to waste. Like uh, obviously, I don't think this team is going to contend. Uh, I don't think that anyone's expecting them to. I don't think anyone on the Clippers is expecting them to contend. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them you know put up a fight. Uh, you know whether the seven or the eight seed. I mean Phoenix and Memphis. Phoenix would be a tougher matchup, but if they can get up with the the, the Memphis Grizzlies, that's a young team. They're, they're you know they can kind of pick on a team like that. Uh, you know they've got some okay perimeter defenders over there in Memphis, but I mean if they can beat the Timberwolves in the play-in and uh, you know make that push, I think that you know the Clippers could have potential to upset the Grizzlies. And I know that's insane. I know that's insane. It's the second best team in basketball. What am I talking about? I th- I think people need to kind of start thinking this is a a, a real. A real possibility because um, we've seen it time and time again. There's young teams, they're explosive, they're exciting. We're thinking that they're the future, and then it just comes down to these old heads knowing how the playoffs work. They don't have any nerves, they don't have any jitters, uh, and, and they come out there and they smack them in the mouth. And then before they know it, it's a, a five or six game series, and we're all thinking we're idiots because why did we bet against the uh, the old dog in the fight that has all the tricks? Um, you know, this is also where stars are made, though. We've seen John Morant already playing uh, fantastic in the postseason, and uh, I'm sure he's not going to be backing down. I don't think Reggie Jackson is going to be able to, to do much to stop him, uh, as well as, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, but I think that this will be, uh, that, that, that if that matchup did happen, I think Paul George is really going to make this Clippers team uh, take it to a whole new level. I mean, uh, this is a guy who's been up for MVP consideration. Uh, he's an Olympic gold medalist, uh, multiple-time All-Star, like All-NBA. This is a, this is a really big deal that not a lot of people are really talking about just because the Clippers are the Clippers they're not uh they're 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 kind of a boring team if we're being honest uh you know they've they've had their their time in the sun they've had their time to shine um but but at this point I mean there's there's not really too much more that they can do without a Paul George Kawhi Leonard uh if Kawhi Leonard was here who knows maybe we're looking at them as a you know a top two top three seed in the the west once again um but 
Paul George, he's looked great in his return so far, and you know, I'm just can't wait to see you know what he's able to muster up during the playoffs because uh, you know expectations have got to be high for the Clippers. They they gave up so much to get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard uh, those seasons ago, um, and, and you know it, to, in respects to them, uh, I mean besides that first season, the pandemic P uh, that was that was that was something otherworldly. I've never seen such a collapse like that, and I'm, I've been a Raptors fan my whole life, so trust me, I've I've seen some seen some seen some stuff, um, but that that was insane. Um, you know, hitting the back of the 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 side of the backboard, uh, Russell Westbrook style. Um, it it was just for a guy to fall from graces like that. Uh, I mean, way off P. That's it's the way it goes. Um, but Paul George, he's he is gonna elevate this club. He's gonna take them to uh, a whole new level. And I, I really do think that you know if you're if you're out there and you're looking for a sneaky bet here. Maybe a, a Clippers upset in the first round. I mean, they still got to get there. I mean, the you know the the Timberwolves. That's a that's a tough matchup for them. There's a lot of scores on that team, and uh, you know Zubaz is going to have his hands full covering Cat. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, if you're playing the Pelicans or uh, maybe a, a healthy with LeBron James and Anthony Davis Lakers or even those young Spurs. I mean, the, 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 this isn't a, a guarantee to make the playoffs at this point either for them. Uh, and again, that's always why I'm saying uh, I'm preaching to these teams, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't get comfortable in the plan. You don't want to be a part of that. Sudden death is no fun. And, you know, the second uh, you start to, you get your back pushed up against the wall and you're, you know, you're tasting the blood in your mouth. That's when you start to panic. Um, so I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, the Clippers, uh, you know, can put up a fight. And uh, as much as, you know, I don't like them because they've been jacking the Raptors swag for, feels like a decade now uh really it's just been since 2019 uh but but regardless you know uh, it is a team that has a lot of excitement a lot of great names a lot of veterans on there uh and some guys that you know i, I would like to see you win a ring before it's all said and done um it's not going to happen for them this year um uh, but for real people take them seriously uh they're not contenders but uh they, they can definitely make some noise in the playoffs so uh don't uh, don't sleep on them quite quite yet uh and, and to move on to, i mentioned them a little bit there um Anthony Davis set to return today. This, uh, of course, recorded on uh, April 1st of uh, Friday, 2022. Uh, Anthony Davis, uh, this this is a, a huge get for the Lakers. Um, right now, sitting 11th, so out, just outside the play-in tournament. They, they're tied with the Spurs, but the Spurs are holding the tiebreaker over them uh, as we speak, uh, which insane that that's, that's it's even come to this. Uh, but the Lakers took the loss last night to Utah. Uh, you know, a, a pretty wide margin there, 122 to 109. Uh, and, and without LeBron, you know, nobody's even considered this Lakers team uh, to be even close to legit. Uh, it's, I mean, me and Jordan shit on the Lakers, it feels like every episode. And I'm sure you guys are so sick of hearing us talk and talk about how much the Lakers suck and how much they need to be better. Um, but I think that if you're sitting here listening, you need to take a moment and think back. Go all the way back to September or go back to August, July, whatever you want to talk about. Go back to, you know, going into the season. How much hype was around this Lakers team? They were the favorites to win the title, for God's sakes. People thought, oh, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I mean, in 2013, that would be probably a goaded team. But right now, this is a shit team. Um, and getting Anthony Davis back, my biggest concern and my biggest question mark around this entire move is, how long are they going to have him back for? Because we've seen Anthony Davis go down, what, three times, four times this season already? Uh, I mean, the brittle bone syndrome is for real. Like I've said it before, he he's like that dude on SpongeBob. You know, every day he wakes up and he breaks his legs and he uh, his skin peels off or whatever the hell that, that, that dude says. That's pretty much Anthony Davis. He can't stay healthy. And, you know, 
I, I don't think they rushed him back. I think they rehabbed him well. Um, but we, we also don't know when LeBron's going to be back. Uh, and, and as sad as it is to say, because, you know, I expected, you know, Anthony Davis to be an all-time great, uh, you know, after, you know, his first couple of years with the Pelicans where he really seemed like a monster. They're playing the Pelicans tonight. It's not a guaranteed win. Uh, you know, we, we got to see what kind of version of Westbrook comes because, you know, sometimes he this season he's shown, you know, he's these glimpses of, uh, you know, his former self. Uh, and so is Anthony Davis. But, I, I mean, this Pelicans team has a lot to play for here. This is, this is essentially, again, this is like, as Russell Westbrook said himself, like a do-or-die matchup. These are huge, huge games. Um, and this is kind of, as I've said uh, before, I was previewing, uh, I looked through the Lakers' schedule. They don't have a lot of winnable games. This is one of the only winnable games that they have without LeBron James. Uh, and, and they've really got to fight for this one. Um, it's going to be in uh, the crypt, I almost called it the Staples, in the Crypto.com arena. So it's it's going to be a, a, a raucous crowd. You know they're going to be behind them 100%, especially with Anthony Davis finally returning. Uh, and But again, the, Pe- the Pelicans, they're really not going to be afraid of this Lakers team, I don't think. After that crazy 20-plus point comeback that they had in New Orleans uh, when LeBron was still playing, I mean... Uh, if I'm the Pelicans, why the hell are you going to be afraid of these guys? They have a worse record than you. Uh, they're slower than you. They're way older than you. They can't shoot the ball as well as you. The, I, I, every advantage besides namesakes, uh, that's the only thing that the, the Lakers have with the Pelicans right now. The Pelicans are, are the better team top to bottom, but in our our weird brains, or at least most people's brains, um, it's hard to differentiate the name value from the actual player value uh, at times because the Pelicans are, I'm going to say, a very deep team, but they're a lot deeper than the Lakers are. Uh, I mean, this is one of those things. Again, you play for the Lakers, people just make you out to be better. It's like the tail and Horton Tucker syndrome. Um, I mean, Austin Reeves, like, this guy shouldn't be getting this many minutes. Like, for real, he really shouldn't. Like, he's, I, I love Hillbilly Kobe, but, like, what jump shots is this guy taking? Like, he, he's just taking the, the wide-open ones. Like, he, he literally can't play any defense. Like, this, that's the worst part of this Lakers team. Everyone thought the defense was going to be amazing. Their defense is horrible. Uh, and, again, that's also why, you know, we've said before, why is Frank Vogel still the coach here? Defensive coach with offensive assistant coaches. Uh, shout out to Gilbert Arenas. Um, it, it, it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, and, and we're sitting here looking at the Lakers playing the Pelicans, and Anthony Davis has a chance to, you know, have a huge statement game, a huge return, take on the team that he he was traded away from to go to L.A. where he won a championship, maybe should have even gotten the finals MVP that year in the bubble. But I just don't see it happening. I'm I, I'm seeing the Pelicans right now. I believe they're only about a two-point favorite uh, when it comes to the betting spread, two and a half, depending on where you're at. Uh, I don't think that there's any chance I would I wouldn't take the Lakers to cover I wouldn't take the Lakers to win I would just ride that money line with the Pelicans if uh, if I was smart uh the Pelicans have got it right now I really do I think Brandon Ingram coming back as well a lot of people really just didn't even notice his absence uh you know that's a huge get for them uh, another you know all-star player uh and, and again I think that for a guy like him he's going to take this matchup personally as well the Lakers sold him and uh, you know all that young core to get that one championship, and you, you know you you sold your soul to the devil. Yeah, you know you got LeBron and you uh, you got your championship. Congratulations! But now you you know you reap what you sow. Uh, you made your bed now lay in it. Here here it is. I mean this is what you wanted, LA. You wanted to just destroy and just 
pull all the crops from the ground and now you just got a barren wasteland of a franchise so uh the the new orleans pelicans are here i mean i know i'm pumping their tires and maybe that's because i got 50 bucks on the line uh but who knows maybe that's uh that's unprofessional of me but uh you know i really don't think that the pelicans uh are going to they're gonna i don't think they're gonna faulty in this one i think that they know this is a big game i think they're gonna be prepared for this big game atmosphere uh, and I think the Pelicans are going to walk away with this one, you know, a, a pretty solid win here. I'm sure that the the, the, the Lakers are going to be able to to put up a solid fight, but it's uh, it's not going to be the uh, the the barn burner, the classic that uh, you know some people might be hoping, especially if you're a Lakers fan listening to this, because um, it's it's just not in the cards for your roster this year, man. It's just not. Uh, I mean, when you when you've got pretty much the the Cedar Oaks retirement home uh, varsity team playing, I mean. You, you can't really expect too much more out of them, uh, especially when you're going up against one of these uh, these young and young and running teams uh, like the Pelicans. So, uh, you know, something we're going to monitor here, but, uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see Anthony Davis's return. As I said, kind of with the Clippers and Paul George, you know, I want to see all these guys out there. You know, uh, I, I don't like that Anthony Davis is always hurt. I don't like that he's a Band-Aid. I don't want him to, you know, have to deal with anything, especially later on after his playing days. Because, you know, we've seen a lot of these guys, you know, that's it's tough, especially on these big men uh, like Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. But... That's the job. That's what you signed up for, AD. We gotta, we gotta see you play. You gotta live up to that contract, my man. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to, you know, monitor that as we go. But as far as I'm concerned, right now, it's, it's no, no LeBron. You got, you just no playing. Uh, I really, I really do believe that. I don't think Anthony Davis is gonna make pretty much any difference because if you, uh, you look at this team compared to some of those teams he had in the Pelicans, um. I would say this team is worse than uh, a lot of those teams he had on the Pelicans. Uh, and what did Anthony Davis do with that? Oh, his best season ever was taking them to the eight seed, and that was when DeMarcus Cousins was there for a bit, and then they got, uh, you know, obviously he had his injury um, that, that he wasn't around at the, the end of the year. But I don't... <laughs> I, I don't know what, uh, you know, Anthony Davis uh, is going to bring. Hopefully he proves me wrong, and hopefully uh, any Lakers fans listening, you guys can dunk on my head after this is all said and done. Um, but I think this is going to be the last uh, straw that breaks the camel's back. I think the Spurs are going to end up making that 10th seed, and I think the Lakers are going to be, uh, you know, riding off into the sunset. But here's the only silver lining that I've noticed and that I've discovered, and I hope that you know someone else has said it before. Maybe I'm just uh, feeling special, but uh, I haven't heard it from anyone else, so I'm just going to drop this little nugget really quickly before uh, we move on here. Um, to qualify for the NBA scoring title, you need to have played a minimum of 58 games. LeBron James has played 55 NBA games this season. He would be the leader in points per game right now, and he would get his second scoring crown, but he needs to play three more games. He rolled his ankle. I mean, if you're a hooper, you know that's part of the job. It sucks. It's, uh, I mean, the the photo of his, uh, I mean, look looked pretty bad, looked gnarly. Um, but LeBron will be back to the end of the season. Um, and if he doesn't, then that must mean that this ankle injury was for real, for real, and not you know just him trying to get some rest. Um, but I, I would be shocked if he doesn't play at least the last three games of the season, whether they end up mattering or not. Uh, I think he's going to go out there and they're just going to feed him the rock. He's going to try and get a scoring title. He's going to get closer to passing Kareem. Uh, and, and that's what all the season essentially is going to bubble down to, which is, uh, you know, it's insane. As I said, we're, we're, we're in a world where the uh, the top two favorites from uh, the respective conferences may miss the playoffs entirely. Uh, that and the Nets and the Lakers, the top two teams in uh, their respective conference to, to win the NBA championship. Uh, it's 
it's a crazy world we live in. But uh, you know, you gotta love the unpredictability of the NBA. Uh, and, and to move on here, uh, it's uh, it, it's been a uh, a tough time here uh, for a lot of teams. You know, we're talking about the Lakers struggling, and this is just something that you know. Me and Jordan actually touched upon a little bit in a, uh, in our last podcast uh, when we were talking about how we think Utah is kind of finished. Uh, and again, sorry to any Jazz fans out there, but uh, it doesn't seem like this Mitchell and Gobert, uh, you know, led team is is gonna work. I think a lot of teams have figured them out, and I think Donovan Mitchell would agree with me if I was told him that um, on I believe it was Tuesday. You know. They pretty much get the Vietnam War flashbacks there. Uh, you know, Charlie's in the trees. Oh my God, it's Terrence Mann raining threes. Uh, another twenty-point comeback from the Clippers in Utah, just like they did in the playoffs. And uh, Donovan Mitchell was was cheesed. He was pissed. He said, "It's the same shit. It's ex- literally the exact same shit as always." Um, and you got to feel for him. And he was being honest. He was being candid. I'm sure he probably. Maybe not regrets, but I'm sure he he probably got some uh, some uh, some side eyes, some management uh, talking to him after that one. Um, but it, it's got to be frustrating for for a guy like Mitchell, um, you know, because because he plays his heart out. He, he's a, a hardworking player, and you know he he really believes in this Jazz team. But you rolling out a team that's worse than the team you had last year. That was technically you know it's the best regular season team uh, in basketball last year, but. You know, you fold in the playoffs once again. You fold, uh, fold the year before as well to the De- the Denver Nuggets in uh, you know a classic series as well. Uh, people forget about that one. That was insane. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray just battling toe to toe. But I I don't I think that the Jazz like, mentally aren't there. I I really they, they keep falling down the standings. Uh, they, I think even right now Denver is uh it, it's, it's possible to to catch them in the standings and they would drop all the way to uh, to six here. Yeah, they're actually tied right now, sixteen and a half games uh, back from first place each. Um, so I it, it's we'll see if Denver can you know maybe swing the tides here. Uh, they've been hot and uh, again as we said rumored to possibly be getting uh, Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray back for the playoffs or at some point in the playoffs uh which I mean say less that's a a, a massive boost for them. Um but the, yeah the Utah Jazz I don't think that they're dialed in. I don't think that there's the commitment there. I don't think there's the camaraderie, the team chemistry. I mean moving a guy like uh Joe Ingles as much as you know he was not playing well. His contract wasn't exactly uh, pretty. He was on an expiring deal. You know, it was looking like you know you need to move him at some point. He goes down with the injury. You trade him. I don't think that that really sat well mentally with a lot of players on this team, especially a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who was very close with Joe Ingles. And Joe Ingles was a, a lovable guy. I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't like the guy. Uh, maybe that's just because he's Australian. I mean, everybody loves Australians. Um, but. He, he was he was a great piece of that locker room and uh, I think that when you move a guy like that just out of nowhere uh, and then <laughs> during all these moves that they made they aren't even using all these new guys so the chemistry's messed up nobody really knows the direction the team's going in uh, obviously there, again there's always been the underlying issues between Rudy Gobert uh, and Donovan Mitchell ever since you know the entire COVID incident where Rudy Gobert was patient zeroing the the entire world um, but it's it's been a, uh, a bumpy journey, to say uh, the least, for the Utah Jazz. And I really think with these comments from, from Donovan Mitchell, this is kind of his, you know, I'm done, like, this season. It's it, like we can't even get we're, – we're, we're just running – we're running on, the, on a treadmill right now. We're, we're moving, but we're not going anywhere. Um, and, and that's exactly what's been going on. And I think that this, this game against the Clippers just was just 
too mentally taxing on Donovan Mitchell to even uh, to process after that game. And he's a young player. He's still trying to you know figure out uh, you know how to deal with the mass media that's surrounding him. Uh, on a daily basis, and after a time like this, and a game like this, because he was just always such a, a ray of sunshine in the post-game media, and he wanted to talk, he wanted to answer questions, he wanted to give lengthy responses, and really, you know, make a name for himself here, now it's not the same. This is kind of like emo to Donovan Mitchell, if we're being honest, like, I mean, uh, you know, we're gonna see the My Chemical Romance, we're gonna see the long, black, straightened hair, why do good girls like bad guys, something like that, uh, I mean, I, Emo Donovan Mitchell, he might still get his 25 and 5 uh, and, you know, maybe even steal the win for the Utah Jazz, but Emo Donovan Mitchell is probably not going to like it. Um, he's probably going to be sitting there kind of muttering to himself. He's not going to be dapping anybody up. He's just going to be, you know, going and going through the motions, go home and turn off the lights and lay in bed and, you know, watch Netflix, pet his cat or something. Like, I, I, I really don't see... Uh, a situation where this Utah Jazz team could beat, you know, right now, either the Warriors or the Dallas Mavericks. I think both those matchups are killer for them uh, because, I mean, unless you've been sleeping under a rock, both those teams love to shoot the fucking rock, especially from deep. Um, and they're going to run and gun them to death. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say right here, right now, I think the Jazz win one playoff game no matter who they play. I think it's going to be a five-game series. And that's, that's insane, especially since... Last year, I thought the Utah Jazz were good enough to go to the uh, the NBA Finals, um, but then again, maybe that just tells you uh, more about me than, uh, than than the Jazz. But I digress there. Um, the, the the Utah Jazz they're, they're going to have to figure something out here. Um, I also I and Jordan has mentioned it as well on uh, on past shows. I do think that this Utah Jazz team is going to break up Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell in the offseason. I think it's probably the way to go. Um, there's already so much you know, chemistry issues and rifts that have been going on with management uh, and other personnel involved in this franchise. Uh, and, and I would be shocked if Donovan Mitchell would be the one to be shipped away. Uh, speaking, he's a younger player. He's more dynamic. He's faster. Uh, and, I mean, he doesn't choke in the playoffs like a, a certain uh, lanky Frenchman does. Um, so, uh, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna wait and see, um, and, and, you know, see the, how it develops in Utah, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that would love an elite rim protector like Rudy Gobert, um, but again, that price tag is pretty, pretty hefty, so, uh, we'll, we'll see, maybe we'll, we'll go back to the LeBron to Salt Lake, uh, take that I had, uh, before, uh, you know, it, it could happen, why not, uh, LeBron to, LeBron to Utah, everybody keep pushing that, Dwayne Wade and his buddy finally reunited, um, to, uh, to move on here, more, I mean, we're, we're talking about emo news. It's kind of emo news. It's depressing. Um, but Time Lord, uh, with the torn meniscus early on in the week, uh, four to six weeks, uh, that's kind of his timetable for return. That's a huge loss for the Boston Celtics. They've looked good. They still look like a, a fantastic team. Uh, and Al Horford, you know, is trying to step up and play those uh, those big minutes uh, in his, uh, his aid. Uh, and, and it's good, though. Boston fans have to at least be thankful because at first when they had the reports, there was no timetable. People thought maybe he was going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, him being able to return even, you know, maybe at the uh, in the second round of the playoffs is is such a huge, huge sigh of relief for, uh, for the Boston Celtics because Robert Williams going into the season, not a lot of expectations from him, and now he's ending the season as one of the most valuable pieces to this team. And, uh, you know, I think people know that without him, he really, they lose a lot of identity just by losing him because he is such a, 
a force down low, and he's just uh, able to protect the rim so well and do his job so that, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can really just focus on their duties, um, whereas now, you know, the, there's going to be a little bit more slack that needs to be picked up uh, because they're missing that big piece there. Um, definitely still contenders without Robert Williams, uh, don't get me wrong here, um, but I mean, when you go up against, you know, as we've said, some of these top teams that have these go-to scores that can just get into the paint at will, I mean, uh and there's lots of them in the East, you know, with the Embiid, KD, Giannis, uh, Pascal Siakam, I'm going to throw his name in there too, you know, get some respect on Spicy P's name for God's sake. Um, but it, without Time Lord, it's it's going to be tough for uh, for, for the, the Celtics to, you know, keep winning at the incredible clip that they were at one point, uh, you know, just before he went down. Um, but I think that they're playing this exactly right. They're not going to rush him back. They want him 100%. I've seen a lot of people saying that they would donate their meniscus uh, to uh, Robert Williams. I think Bill Simmons even uh, had said it. Um, and you know what? That's I, I love I love that spirit. Uh, you know I got I'll give Boston fans that they they they, they ride or die for their guys uh, when they're winning, of course. Um, so I mean that's uh, it's going to be an interesting time there in Boston, and hopefully they can you know rally around uh, you know his his absence and can. Uh, you know, finish the season out strong, but uh, it, it's definitely, uh, I think everybody can be happy that it's not going to be uh, for good. It's not going to be for uh, a very long time that he's out. Um, but last night, uh, Thursday night, that is, um, Trey Young going down uh, has to be helped off the uh, the court, uh, looking like uh, maybe an ankle, uh, lower body injury. Um, the the plan in the East is 100% locked in. Um, that the Knicks being finally eliminated from contention last night. Uh, wow, what a take that was for me to say they were dark horse contenders. Uh, again, I'm cooled out myself because you know I'm gonna I'm gonna rub it in all your faces when I have a take right. So when uh, when I have one wrong, I'll, I'll I'll let you guys know about it. But yeah, that was a that was a horrible one. Um, but you know they they're, they're probably gonna be the 10 seed. I don't see them catching uh, the Hornets or the Nets for uh, for number nine. Uh, so they're already gonna be on the road. We don't know the severity yet uh, as of recording this of, of the injury. Uh, Trey Young could be out for a long uh, period of time. He could be back next game. We don't really know. Um, but it did look like he was, you know, in, in some pain there and he wasn't feeling uh, feeling great about that one. It was a tough bump for him. And without Trey Young, this Atlanta Hawks team is nothing. Uh, and I mean that to a T, not mincing any words, they are nothing. No John Collins. Clint Capella is just a... A, great, a good defensive piece. He's a huge body, freak athlete, uh, you know, guards the rim well. Uh, you know, I, I like Clint Capella. That's all well and good. Bogdan Bogdanovich isn't going to do nothing for you. Uh, I'm sorry to say. I mean, if you had Cam Reddish, maybe that would be nice. That would be a good pick. Oh, I wish they wish they had Cam Reddish to, you know, rely on to get, get a couple buckets. But um, there's not really anything positive. Like, I mean, a lot of, as I've said before, they keep drafting all these wings that never seem to pan out. I mean, DeAndre Hunter has done nothing in his NBA career. Absolutely nothing. Uh, he's been the most average role player, uh, you know, ever since coming into the to the league. Uh, and, and we're kind of again sitting here looking at the uh, at the Hawks, like where how did this team like meander its way and somehow upset its way to almost getting to the NBA Finals last year? I mean, it, it's pretty insane to see this fall from grace. Um, and it. it, it Kevin Herter, another guy who completely fell off the face of the earth this season. I mean, what is uh, like what what do we what 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 could they do without Trey Young putting up his thirty and ten every single night? This team, they would be the worst team in the NBA. They would be close too. I mean, they're they're pretty much built like how the 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 Orlando Magic are, but without any actual viable prospects to even root for. I mean, uh, Akungu 
I mean, all due respect, you know, he's a six-eight center, um, and he plays hard, and he's a, a you know a tough guy. He's strong. He's he's able to finish hard at the rim. Um, but I mean, where's the where's really the the upside on him? I mean, he's not that fast. He's not that big. He's not that strong. I just I don't. I think this is going to be a lot more to come. Uh, and, and I've said this before about Trey Young and his style of play as well with the Atlanta Hawks. I don't really think that he's going to be causing. He's going to be the cause for them to win. Uh, you know, if he puts up these big, big numbers. Um, but you know what? I don't really think that his team really thrives because of it. I think that you know, actually, a lot of their development is faulting uh, and you know, regressing a little bit, uh, or at least you're just getting diminished returns at the end of the day when it comes to their development because Trey Young is controlling the ball so much and how he plays the game so long and how every single play that happens for the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young is either taking the shot or he's passing out to an open shot or what should be an open shot uh, so that he can you know, get his assists, he can get his uh, points numbers up. I really feel like he's just kind of stat padding his way uh, to notoriety here, which He's Trey Young seems like an absolute competitor. He seems like he's you know gonna be one of the best point guards in the game for a long time to come. But we gotta break that habit now. You gotta break that habit. You gotta want to win. You gotta want it now. And I think the last the the playoffs really took a toll on this team. Um, I think that they weren't expecting to go as deep as they did. And I think that the off season probably really kicked their ass as they didn't have as long to recoup. And uh, it, it's hard to do. It's hard to you know go back to the playoffs year and year and year and year and. And here we are with them. If they, they could, it's still a possibility. The Hawks could pull it together. Maybe Trey Young won't be uh, as hurt as we uh, maybe think he is. And uh, he's, he's going to go out there and he's going to ball out. And maybe we'll see another crazy Cinderella run, uh, underdog run here for the Atlanta Hawks. But, uh, I mean, sorry, Migos. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think that this is kind of the the... The, the writing is on the wall here. I mean, they've been want the, there's been the, the talks of trading John Collins all year long. Uh, I think in the offseason, I wouldn't be shocked to see John Collins move, even just for a higher up uh, draft pick, because you know what? They're going to be picking inside the lottery. Um, why not try and move up? You can maybe even get into the top five, John Collins and, uh, you know, the 14th pick, let's say. That, that could do it. That could be a pretty enticing trade package. Maybe you get another uh, young guy back in there and you can, you know, actually start developing instead of just kind of trying to win now with this kind of overachieving team that you've got in Atlanta. So uh, it, it's going to be a tough, tough uh, offseason, I think, for them. And I think that this is definitely a bitter season. I think if you're, if you're a Hawks fan, you got to be a little bit pissed. You got Because I'm sure you were talking your shit. I'm sure you were bragging. I'm sure you were saying we were so close to beating the Bucs who won the NBA championship. We took them to six games. That's as much as the Phoenix Suns, for God's sakes, took them to do. Uh, so I'm sure there's you know that belief and just looking at this team, you're still like, it's the same fucking team. It's the exact same team. Why can't we get this win? But that's the problem. There's no heart in this team. There, There's nothing. They're just kind of going through the motions. I mean, the, the management, the coaching, I don't think anybody really has that big dog mentality. I don't think they have the, the wherewithal to pull within themselves and have that championship soul and heart and fortitude to get to the the NBA playoffs again. I really don't think they have it. I think this year they pretty much, especially when John Collins went down, they pretty much just mailed it in and they said, this is what it is. We're going to see what we can do. Trey, hopefully maybe we can get you on the all-NBA squad and uh, we'll go from here. Um, but again, it's uh, it, it may be a disappointing finish to the season for Atlanta, um, but 
The, the future, I'm not going to say is bright. The future is a possibility right now in Atlanta. We will uh, we'll see how the management decides to handle things. We'll see how they, uh, they, they want to uh, control their organization. And hopefully, hopefully, they will be productive and they are going to make some moves in the offseason. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll, again, uh, a year from now, I'll be uh, saying, hey, I remember when I shit-talked the uh, the Atlanta Hawks and now they're they're competing at the top of the East and the upper echelon. I mean, I really hope that I'm proven wrong, um, but I don't think that I will be. Uh, so again, sorry if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan out there, but uh, you know you you got to start reevaluating this team. Uh, last year was a was a fluke. I'm a hundred percent comfortable saying it. Um, so don't don't get caught up on a fluke. Uh, as Kevin from the office says, it's uh, the most common fish caught. Uh, and, and to end off the podcast, I mean, uh, we're 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 on a Hall of Fame pace here. Uh, Jordan and I, whenever that guy decides to come back, um, but we're on a Hall of Fame pace here for uh, our podcasting careers. Um, but the Hall of Fame class for uh, the for the, the uh, year of 2022 uh was finally announced and uh headlined first ballot hall of famer now manu ginobili um this one came as a shock to me personally uh not because i don't think that manu is uh is not a hall of famer but i'm just i can't i couldn't believe they gave it to him on a first ballot um i'm, I'm totally cool with it just i uh, i don't really care when guys get in um but Manu's is a hall of famer for sure for sure uh, you know, he, he was a, played in the season, uh, played 16 seasons uh, in the NBA for the Spurs, obviously winning, uh, you know, uh, multiple NBA championships, uh, four to be exact, two all-star appearances, uh, two all-NBA selections, uh, and those coming as, you know, the, the sixth man, uh, you know, winning that sixth man of the year award as well uh, in his career. Um, and really kind of re, re redefined the idea of a super sub, something that people were kind of, you know, hesitant about, especially when he started coming off the bench. You know, Manu, he, he may not be, you know, he may not have a ton of six-man-of-the-year awards, but, I mean, you got to think about this one. There would be no Jamal Crawford. There would be no Lou Williams uh, or any of these guys who come off the bench and finish games, and you pretty much treat them like a star or a starter, uh, even though they're coming off the bench. Uh, and, and it really was a, a revelation for the basketball world to have a guy like that. And obviously, I'm not saying that there's never been dominant six-mans. Uh, please don't get the, my words twisted here. Um but there was never a six-man like Manu. There has never been a six-man like Manu. Uh, I mean, when you think of this Spurs big three of Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili, uh, I don't think there's many uh, teams you can look back on that, again, like a dynasty like the Spurs with five NBA championships you can look at and be like, oh, yeah, they, they this this guy who comes off the bench, he was uh, their, like, their second or third best player. That's never, ever happened. Uh, and I honestly would be shocked to see if that ever happens again. Uh, you know, Manu was a, a once-in-a-lifetime kind of player. Uh, it was always nice. He was such a shifty guy, left-handed, smooth as butter, hard as nails on the defensive end, a very smart player. He slapped the shit out of a bat once. If you guys haven't seen that, you got to check that out. Uh, just an absolute badass. And again, because it's the it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, not just NBA, uh, how can you forget, you know, winning gold in the, uh, the 2004 Olympics uh, with Argentina? Not really a basketball nation but i mean that team was pretty special you know they had a guy like uh louis scola on that squad uh as well so i mean argentina you know they, they, they they've had their uh their, their their pipeline of basketball players in the past uh and you know manu was a huge huge part in getting these guys out there and you know continuing uh the tradition of uh, argentinian basketball and uh hopefully we'll see more argentinians out there because you know right now i believe 
and, and pardon me, but I, I believe Fancudo, uh, Fancondo Campazzo from uh, the Denver Nuggets. I believe he's Argentinian. Uh, I, I could be wrong on that. Um, but, you know, we, we, I, I'd love to see more of that international flavor uh, back into the NBA. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon that we get to see Manu uh, immortalized in the Basketball Hall of Fame this year. Um, uh, other people being inducted uh, this year, uh, Tim Hardaway, senior that is, uh, w- one of the best bucket getters we've seen in the game. Uh, you know, had uh, those great years, run TMC and in Golden State. Uh, and also, you know, a, a fantastic player uh, in his time with uh, the Miami Heat as well. Uh, one of the best shooters we've seen uh, in uh, in the game. Uh, just pure off the dribble, uh, off the catch and shoot. You know, uh, there's a lot of his game. Uh, you see, obviously, in his son, Tim Hardaway Jr., playing for the, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, obviously, maybe not exactly as good. He maybe maybe uh, can't cut it as much as uh, his pops did, but, uh, you know, it's... It, it, they, they do have a lot of, uh, obviously, similarities in their game. But, yeah, Tim Hardaway Sr., uh, you know, a, another great, you know, induction there to the game. Uh, this might not be the most heavy-hitting class that we've ever seen, uh, especially, you know, in comparison to last year. Um, but, you know what, uh, Tim Hardaway, congratulations on getting in there, man. Uh, and then Swin Cash as well, uh, you know, getting a uh, an induction, a 15-year NBA, or WNBA, pardon me, uh, veteran. You know, Swin Cash, actually, when I look back on a personal, one of the first WNBA players I think I ever uh, uh, I, I ever really saw play, and it might have been a, an NBA All-Star game, and that was kind of one of the first times I was like, you know what, like, some of these WNBA, because you, in, in reality, and there's maybe some people that are listening right now that they still feel this way, uh, you know, you, you just hear all this shit talk, and you hear all the, the bashing of uh, these female basketball players, um, and, and it's completely unwarranted. I mean, th- th- there's literally men out there that, you know, think that they could go out there and they could hoop in the WNBA right now. No, you couldn't, man. They would absolutely drop buckets on your head. You wouldn't even score a bucket on them. There's no chance. Not a chance. They would take you out of the game. Uh, the the athleticism that they, these women have, these athletes have, uh, you know, it's it's very very underrated because you know people just want to go and be like, oh well, look at these highlights of Prime Shaq or uh, look at LeBron James. Like, yes, we we understand there is a there is a big gap there uh, between the stars, but there's a big gap in the way that the game is played. Uh, I guarantee if you watch a full WNBA game, you'll uh, be amazed at the ball movement uh, and the way that these guys can actually play the game the right way, as uh, all the old heads like to say. Uh, but, you know, Swin Cash, one of the first, uh, you know, female players that I saw that I was really like, you know what, like, she can hoop, and uh, it really helped me, you know, get into the WNBA game and, uh, you know, uh, really, really appreciate what uh, what those athletes can do. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the the Hall of Fame class as well, also letting in uh, Bob Huggins and George Carl uh, as coaches, uh, you know, both, uh, you know, respectively in the NBA and uh, in the NCAA. Uh, a lot a lot of winning seasons between the two of them. Uh, George Carl, obviously, you know, uh, he, he, he was uh, able to get the Coach of the Year award in the NBA in 2013 as well. Uh, six all-time as well, uh, not to mention uh, on the all-time uh, wins leaderboards uh, for head coach. So, uh uh, a pretty solid class here. I think it's kind of a nice class. It's a lot of unsung heroes. It's some of these guys that, you know, you're not going to see them in the top tens of all time or anything like that when people are really starting to throw their rankings up. Uh, but all um, amazing individuals and really did help grow the game of basketball and contributed a lot to the game. Uh, so, again, congratulations to the 2022 uh, Basketball Hall of Fame class. And, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, seeing the actual official uh, induction. I'm sure Manu's going to have uh, all those Spurs guys. Maybe Popovich will do a, a big roast session. I'm sure that's incoming soon. So, uh, 
Uh, everybody keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, and everyone keep your ears peeled for more big ball, big, oh, big ball talk. We don't want to do that. Big ball. Nope. No. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. We got it. Without Jordan here. This is, uh, you know, I never thought I'd say it. You know, I kind of miss him, man, you know, to bounce off everything, you know, give my, my throat a, a rest for a second pause. Uh, it's been a, uh, it, it's been a, a lonely, lonely podcast, but I hope you guys have enjoyed hearing uh, all my takes exclusively, hearing all my ramblings exclusively. Uh, you know, we, this probably uh, won't be happening. We'll see uh, come Monday uh, if it'll be me riding solo one more time. Uh, but again, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode of Big Dog Ball Talk, and uh, we're back every Monday and Friday. Follow us at Big Dog Ball Talk on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We've got it all, baby. Uh, YouTube, as we keep saying, is coming soon. Just you wait. Uh, by the playoffs, you'll be having our full recaps, reactions, and everything and more that you could ever want from me and Jordan. So, uh, everybody, again, uh, March was an amazing month for us personally. Uh, we can't thank you guys enough for all of your support. Uh, so, if you can keep downloading, recommending us to your friends, share us on social media. And, again, follow us on social media. That really, really does go a long way helping us grow uh, our community and grow our fan base here and we can keep bringing you more uh you know the bigger we get the more we can do for you guys because uh, again we're, we're grinding right now this is just all out of love baby. this is all out of passion this is all out of heart and commitment so uh you know you help us out and we're gonna help you guys out even more uh so thank you again everybody for listening to big dog ball talk i'm matt eichhorn and as my friend jordan would always say uh, oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm Jordan. Oh, I'm sick. Uh, 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 I have COVID. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fucking loser. I have COVID. Okay, thanks, Jordan. Thanks so much, man. Um, but no, uh, really, Jordan, I hope you're listening to this. I hope you feel better, man. And uh, I hope everybody out there, uh, 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 the COVID cases are going back up. Hope everybody's staying safe, staying happy. Love you guys. Have a good one.